It's Thursday, November 28th. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Thanksgiving is here, and we're all about the food and shopping. To start us off today, we will give you the official Thanksgiving food power rankings. We will speak to Lucas Kwan Peterson, food columnist at the LA Times, for his take on where all your favorite Thanksgiving foods rank. A little preview of what you're in for, turkey ranks dead last in his list, pumpkin pie doesn't fare much better, and cranberries might just be the most controversial food item. Next, some people will start shopping tonight after dinner, some will start on Black Friday, others are waiting until Cyber Monday. Whatever the case may be, we have a list of some very helpful apps and websites that will make your shopping experience run a lot smoother. For those looking for deals online, Slick Deals can help with alerts when something you've been looking for goes on sale. And for those looking for doorbuster deals, Flip is the app for you. Mark Saltzman, tech columnist for USA Today, joins us for all the apps you need before you start shopping. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. The number one food that really sucks is turkey. I'm sorry to say it. People don't know how to cook it. They put the whole bird in the oven so the white meat and the dark meat don't get cooked evenly. And let's face it, when you're making your Thanksgiving plate, how much turkey do you actually put on there? No, where it's at is the side. Joining us now is Lucas Kwan Peterson, food columnist at the LA Times. Thanks for joining us, Lucas. Hey, thanks for having me. We're going to be talking about the official Thanksgiving food power rankings. We did this before when we talked about French fries. It was a very diverse list. I know you got a lot of mail about it. I'm sure it's the same with this, but it is an important aspect of the day. Let's start off and we'll go in reverse order and we'll end up with the number one top Thanksgiving food. But Lucas, start us off with how you graded these Thanksgiving food staples. As we get into the potentially most divisive food family holiday of the year. Everyone has opinions on what Thanksgiving foods are great. We're all packed around a tiny table crammed with different dishes that different people have made and we're having to field passive aggressive comments from our aunts and uncles and cousins. And (laughs) what better way to talk about what foods suck? And the number one food that really sucks is turkey. I'm sorry to say it. People don't know how to cook it. They put the whole bird in the oven so the white meat and the dark meat don't get cooked evenly. The white meat usually ends up bone dry like you've just got cotton balls in your mouth. And let's face it, when you're making your Thanksgiving plate, how much turkey do you actually put on there? No, where it's at is the sides. So turkey is at the bottom of my list. Yeah, I have to really agree with you. In your article, one very effective question, how often do you see it on menus and sit-down restaurants relative to other proteins? And it's not very often. So I have to agree with you there. I do get some. It's almost a courtesy that you get the turkey and you put some on your plate, maybe put some gravy on it to help. But you're right. Turkey ends up being one of those things. It's just really tough to handle. It's such a big bird a lot of times when you try to feed a big family. And you're right. The uneven cooking really brings it down. Number 19 on your list, very low on the list, is pumpkin pie. I think you're either team pumpkin pie or not. Yeah. I It's never really appealed to me. You kind of eat it once a year. It feels like an obligation rather than something you actually enjoy eating. And frankly, the texture of it, as I said, and the appearance of it, it kind of looks like dog poop. Sorry to say it, but it kind of <laughs> does. And it's really not appetizing. Number 17, cranberries, because cranberries shows up twice on the list. Number 17 and then way up at the top, number five, 
canned. So let's talk about cranberries fresh and canned. I really would like us to show some love for the canned cranberries. I think they're delicious. You get that kind of satisfying plop on the plate as you're opening up that ocean spray can. Kind of makes that satisfying, moist, wet sound just like a can of dog food, like you're putting it in the dish. And then it's got the dimples around the edge. And yep. I just like that. I just like the tanginess and like the denseness of it. It kind of reminds me of like eating a fruit roll up or like a fruit snack. I know that one uh, definitely could cause some problems in the family. My family usually does a little bit of both. So we'll do the can and they'll do some fresh for those that want it. I think if you can prepare the fresh cranberries well, then those can be good. But I think, again, most people just don't know really how to cook those properly. And why not just go with what you know is going to be good? And that's the canned cranberries. Number 16 on the list is sweet potato casserole. I know a lot of people love this. This is kind of one of those other ones where you either really love it or you really hate it. A lot of times it comes with marshmallows on top. Sweet potatoes, again, it's you like it or you don't like sweet potato fries. I don't like. It's just something about the, I don't know, the sweetness or the flavor or the texture. I would much rather be eating mashed potatoes. It's nice when you have the torched marshmallow on top. But yeah, it's just kind of not my thing. 13, we have pecan pie. Number 12, Brussels sprouts. Now, I love Brussels sprouts. Got to have a little bit of bacon on them. But I like the line that you wrote here. Be careful not to overcook them because they'll smell like farts. And I have to agree with that one. We all hated Brussels sprouts growing up as a kid, but now they've become a super trendy thing to have on restaurants, and they're really delicious if they're cooked properly. So that's the trick. You just got to cook them right. All right, let's get into the top part of the list. Number 10 is roll or biscuits. And I got to say this, one of my favorite parts, for me, it's got to be King's Hawaiian rolls with a little bit of butter on them. Some people will sort of ride or die with biscuits, which I totally understand and respect. But what's good about rolls is that it's great for then making a sandwich with the leftovers the next day. But biscuits are good, too. But you really have to know how to make them. You can't use bread flour. You can't use like a hard wheat flour. You have to use like a soft wheat. Most people don't know that. and They end up making hockey puck biscuits. So rolls are definitely the safer choice. That's why we cut to the chase, like I said, and just use those King's Hawaiians. Okay, number nine on this list green bean casserole. I'd rather just have some green beans with a little bit of salt and pepper on them, nothing else. But I know this is a staple of a lot of families. I think if you grew up eating it, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up outside of the city of Chicago. And so, you know, Midwesterners have a thing about casseroles. We have a thing about canned soup going into a casserole dish and making a hot dish, making tuna noodle casserole, green bean casserole. Green bean casserole, interestingly, was invented by the Campbell Soup Company. And so you get that cream of mushroom soup. I mean, yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty sickening, frankly, if you're not really used to eating it. But again, it's just nostalgia and you get the crunchy fried onion on top. So for me, it's a must have. Number six on this list is ham. Now that one is kind of in direct contrast to the turkey. A lot of people do love it though. Who doesn't like a nice ham? I'd like to see more ham. I think some people sort of had an issue with me putting it as a Thanksgiving food and not as a Christmas food, though I tend to think of it as just a holiday thing that people eat on Christmas or Thanksgiving. You get a nice maple glazed ham, honey glazed ham. It's hard to say that ham is underrated, but I think as a holiday dish, I'd much rather see a ham on the table than turkey because I think it's a little bit easier to cook and it's probably going to taste a little bit better. Okay, number five on this list is cranberries. We already talked about that. Number four, cornbread. What are your thoughts on cornbread? 
cornbread is one of the few perfect things in life. I mean, like anything, you have to make it well, but it's just a fantastic side dish. It goes with anything. It's a little nutty. It's got great texture. It's a little bit sweet. Put a little bit of whipped honey butter on it. It's really a fantastic thing just to have on the Thanksgiving table. Number three is broccoli gratin. Now, this is one that I, in my own personal experience, have not really eaten too much. I've had it in different forms throughout my life, obviously, but not for Thanksgiving usually. A lot of people hate it. It's another casserole. So it's like broccoli and cheddar cheese and breadcrumbs. So again, the Midwesterner in me just has a very soft spot in my heart for the broccoli gratin casserole. Some people don't like it, but they're wrong. Broccoli gratin is delicious and should be served at every Thanksgiving. All right, we're getting to the top two here. Number two is mashed potatoes and gravy. I love them. I always go back for seconds on this one. It's pretty hard to mess up, really, uh, mashed potatoes. Could you imagine going to Thanksgiving dinner and there's no mashed potatoes and gravy? You would turn around and you would walk out the door. Everyone loves potatoes. People have different techniques. You can do skin on. You can do no skin. I prefer no skin. But I think there's never really a problem with mashed potatoes. And then the great thing about the gravy, no matter how you make the gravy, if you like to do it with the giblets, no matter how you like to make it, you pour that gravy over your entire plate. It just kind of lubricates the whole meal. And who doesn't like mashed potatoes? All right. And the number one Thanksgiving food, and I will gladly agree to this one, it's stuffing. It's so good. It's got tons of flavor in it. It's bread. It is one of the top Thanksgiving foods for sure. Absolutely. Who doesn't like delicious seasoned stale bread? Who doesn't like that baked in the oven? You get those nice crispy edges. Tastes like onions and parsley and sage. It's delicious. You can make stuffing a million different ways. You can make it with cornbread. You can make it with regular bread. You can make it with pretzels. You can make it with crumbled up bits of old bagels. There's any number of ways under the sun to make stuffing. I really do like the recipe in the old Vincent Price cookbook. Vincent Price, who did horror movies and did the scary voiceover for the thriller video. But I just love stuffing. It's really fantastic. Are are you a stuffing inside the bird or outside the bird? I'm definitely inside the bird. Yes, thank you. And it's frankly the one good thing about turkey is to impart flavor into the stuffing. It's really sort of its its only use. But yeah, you got to have stuffing. Lucas Kwan Peterson, food columnist at the LA Times. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. The second thing you can do is actually type in a, a product that you're interested in, like smart TV, again, for us to stick with that as an example. And it'll tell you around you physically what retail stores have the best sales on smart TVs. So it's a smart shopping list, as they call it. Joining us now is Mark Saltzman, tech columnist for USA Today and a lot of other outlets. Mark, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Happy uh, Thanksgiving long weekend to you. Increasingly, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, the whole weekend really is when everybody's doing the majority of their shopping, all of the holiday shopping gets done. Black Friday starts, you know, a week before Thanksgiving. Now people shop on Thanksgiving Day uh, and it extends all the way to Cyber Monday. So, Mark, you put together a handful of shopping apps that are designed to help sniff out all these great deals. And each of them do a little uh, something a little bit different because, you know, a lot of times the deals are very specific to where you might live, a lot of local deals, things like that. So walk us through some of these apps that might help you on your shopping adventures. 
Sure. Why spend more money than you need to is the bottom line. Right. You can get even a better deal if you take advantage of some of these apps, many of which your listeners know about, many of them they won't. So let's just kick it off with slickdeals.net. This is one of the most popular online forums for exchanging deals, and it's a community-based approach. So whether it's the app or the website, people are sharing the best retail or online deals that they've found. And sometimes once it graduates to the front page where everybody's buzzing about it, that deal could be gone because you know the supply may be limited. So the idea is to sign up for things that you like. Like you could say Samsung TV or Google Nest speaker. And whenever a deal is identified by that site, you're pushed a notification. But it's a, a basically a collection of forums where everybody's exchanging the best local and national deals that they found, be it at brick and mortar or online. And that is one of the best sites, hands down, that I don't know if enough people are using. But that's a great one called Slick Deals. And they do have a dedicated Black Friday section as well. Another great one is, it used to be called Ebates. It's now called Rakuten, which is the parent company. And this is where you get cash back on all your purchases online through participating retailers. But there's many of them like Amazon and Walmart and eBay and Kohl's and Macy's and the list goes on and on. So these are places that you're going to shop at anyways, but you want to start at the app or the website, Rakuten, again, previously known as Ebates. And then once you jumpstart from there to the places that you want to go to, like Macy's or Groupon or Amazon, you're going to get back a certain percentage of cash back on your purchases. Now, generally, it's a single digit, like, you know, it could be 7%, 8%, but why not? Hey, it's free money. But over Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Rakuten says you can get up to 40% cash back at over 2,500 stores. That's a great site to keep in mind. Again, it's called Rakuten, and that is um, a great uh, free app. And then once you hit a certain uh, number, I don't know if it's five bucks or 10 bucks, you can then... um, opt for uh, cash deposited into your PayPal account, or they'll send you a check. But it's it's found money. Yeah, you know, I, I, have, I have like 48 bucks in my account that, you know, because I shopped at Amazon anyways. Yeah, Ebates has been around for a while, and I've had some family members who who love it and go to it every year. So yeah, change, the name has changed mm-hmm. to Rakuten now. Another app, and this is might be better for people who are searching for those doorbuster deals or want to actually get out and go to the stores is Flip, and they aggregate all of the paper store circulars, all those ads mm-hmm. uh, that get delivered to your door, and they put it in a nice, neat little app for you. This is one of my favorite year-round apps for shopping, and it could be as simple as things like your weekly grocery shop, or it could be tech or household items. And you're right, Flip, which is F-L-I-P-P, it does aggregate all of those paper store circulars, those ads that we typically get in paper form sent to our door. But it goes be above and beyond that. So you're right. It is more retail centric. And the first thing you want to do is let your phone uh, identify your location or you type in your zip code. And then it'll show you all your local store circulars, all the big stores as well, and some mom and pop stores, but mostly the big chains. And it'll show you what they've got on sale as well, not just a, a digitized version of the paper circulars, but it'll identify the best deals. It'll match it with coupons as well. And it'll even tie in your loyalty card. So if you do go to your local, I don't know, your local Best Buy or what have you, and you've got a loyalty card, uh, it will actually, you don't have to carry around all that plastic. It'll wow. all be inside of that app. 
One of my favorite things about this app is this smart shopping list. So it's similar in a way to that slick deals feature I talked about a few moments ago. But the idea is you can do one of two things with your shopping list built into the Flip app. One is you tap an item that you're, you know, you're browsing all the circ- uh, all the circulars. And if there's something you like, you tap it once and it drops it into your shopping list just so it segregates it from the rest of all the other deals out there. But the second thing you can do is actually type in a, a product that you're interested in, like smart TV, again, for us to stick with that as an example. And it'll tell you around you physically what retail stores have the best sales on smart TVs. So it's a smart shopping list, as they call it. And the last one that you had on your list, uh, you said, don't forget about online marketplaces like eBay. I mean, some of the other ones like Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, uh, LetGo is one of the uh, newer popular apps. Uh, But don't forget about these online marketplaces also. Because there's a common mis- misconception that everything you buy on eBay is secondhand. It's, it, when it started, it was like the world's biggest garage store and it was all auction items. You had to bid on something and see if somebody outbid you. That's really not the case much anymore. It's still there if you want it, but the overwhelming majority of products you can buy on eBay are brand new and you can just buy it outright. So you often can find really good deals on eBay. In fact, the website is ebay.com slash deals and it'll uh, show you some of the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. You're also going to find things that aren't at your local stores or even on places like Amazon. It'll be out of the country. Make sure you factor in some extra time for shipping, of course. Uh, You know, nobody wants to get a Christmas gift in January, but uh, definitely take advantage of eBay. And then, yeah, online marketplaces and online classified sites like um, Kijiji and Craigslist and LetGo are also good. You know, there are newer items there too, not all previously enjoyed items. If you are going to meet somebody in person, uh, make sure you inspect the box before you hand over your cash just to make sure, you know, if you think you're buying a ring video doorbell and you open it up at home and there's a rock in there, you're not going to be pleased. So make sure you open it up there and uh, bring a friend along with you or at the very least meet in a public place. Don't put yourself at risk right. if you're, you know, in a sketchy neighborhood uh, by yourself uh, late at night. Don't do not do it. Bring somebody along with you. But generally speaking, you're going to have a positive experience and you can save a bundle. The whole weekend is going to be a big shopping experience. Some recent surveys said that 27% of people plan on shopping on Thanksgiving Day, 70% plan on Black Friday shopping, 64% on Cyber Monday. Is there something that we should be waiting for for Cyber Monday? Should we catch that deal when we see it on Black Friday? I know Cyber Monday tends to be more of an online type of day, but, you know, is there one that we're favoring more so than the other? You bet that retailers don't want you to walk away, even online, empty handed. So as you hinted at earlier, there's really no such thing as Black Friday or Cyber Monday anymore because those days are very fluid. Even if you went ahead of Cyber Monday and it was Sunday, you bet that an online store, if you wrote to them or if you just tried to buy it, they'll honor that price in most cases. Double check. But they do not want you to visit your site and then leave because they know you're going to go somewhere else. So often what I've found over the years as I've been writing about Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals is that they don't want you to leave without buying something. So they're going to honor those deep, deep discounts, even if it's a few hours before the Cyber Monday uh, or anything like that. So just give it a shot because chances are they're going to say sure. Or at the very least, they'll, they'll match, they'll price match somebody else that's got it on sale. So do your homework. There's lots of great deals out there. Some are supposed to be online door crashers for Cyber Monday that they will not release until, say, 9 a.m. or whatever. But chances are they're they're, going to honor it. So go for it. You're the one with the money. They don't want you to turn away. Mark, where can people find you on Twitter so they can get everything that you're writing about? 
Yeah, thanks. And I do write this tech tip of the day as well. Uh, so on Twitter, I'm at Mark underscore Saltzman. It's Mark with a C. And then my last name is S like Sam, A-L-T-Z-M-A-N. Mark Saltzman, tech columnist for USA Today and a bunch of other outlets. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks. Happy holidays. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. Daily Dive.